Welcome to It's Your World and I'm Just Living in It by yours truly, Shayla Vogel. In these episodes, I will discuss grief, loss, losing my brother, being a farm wife, motherhood, and my faith. I will also have many surprise guests. I hope all of my listeners will take something back from each episode and know you aren't alone. I appreciate every single one of you. Hello, everyone. So... I'm back with my new episode, and I'm so grateful for everyone who reached out and were supportive through all of my other episodes, and I just kind of want to dive deeper into my life and where I came from, so I kind of want to open up with uh, a little daily devotion, and it's called God's Protection, but the Lord is my defense. And my God is the rock of my refuge. Psalm 94:22. Those who live in shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. Psalm 91:1. If you are abiding in Christ, moment by moment, you are constantly safe under His protection. In that secret place, that hidden place in him, you can maintain holy and a place of mind that surpasses all understanding. If you are trusting in God, nothing can move you or harm you. God, you are my refuge. Your word is truth on which I rely. Amen. I love that verse. I love everything that it means. So... I will dive right into my next episode, and it's called Becoming Someone's Daughter. And I want to start with another Bible verse. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians 4.8. As a five-year-old girl, being with my mom is all I ever knew. I didn't know what a dad was. I didn't know you could be loved by two people. All I knew was a mother's love, which consumed me. My mother, uh, you know, dedicated her life to me and my, my brother Tyler. I remember in my early years, as my mom would drop me off with my grandma or the daycare I was going to, and her working so many hours. My mom, you know, she constantly was there. She was present, and I just remember her reading to us. I remember we had a room in a blue house that had our bed and books in it with a sheet over the window to, you know, block over the cold or out the cold. My brother and I would sit and listen to my mom as she would read our favorite books. My mom didn't have a lot, but she worked and worked to provide for her, you know, for her kids with little help. My mom has more recently talked about my real dad, and, you know, that's been super hard for me. It's something that I never really wanted to ask my mom about because I felt like it was a really touchy subject for her, and I feel like she kind of consumed herself with 
doubt and, you know, the what ifs and what could have been when in reality I just wanted to know. But, um, you know, I think she did love my dad. And then, you know, I came into this world and, you know, what my mom says, you know, he was working in Sioux City and there was no real communication with my dad. But I think that made it, I mean, I just, it was really difficult for her because he was also from Mexico and, you know, he's Hispanic and, I mean, they all say that I got my good skin from him, so that's good. But, um, I often wonder, you know, if he loves me or, you know, if staying was too difficult by, you know, being from Mexico and, I don't know, the only consistency was my mom and my aunt and my grandma Sandy and of course Tyler you know we were raised me and Tyler were raised by three very strong and independent women and my grandma raised two beautiful girls the best she knew how my grandma you know tells me a lot of stories about raising her daughters with you know rubbing two pennies together she didn't have a lot and she fought hard to give her girls the best life. She put them through high school and braces for their teeth. And she has a whole story about putting braces on those two kids. And I think, uh, you know, they didn't really wear their retainers and do that thing. So I, you know, grandma really, really worked hard. And TT was really good at volleyball. And from what I hear, my mom was really good at basketball and, you know, my grandma has always told me that my mom was always meant to be a mother. And I believe that. I do believe that. I think my mom was called to this earth to be a mom and to raise the kids that she did. And, you know, she was correct. You know, grandma was correct when she said that, you know, mom was meant to be a mom. And I think mom raised her kids, you know, just as grandma did and let's talk about my aunt Teresa <laughs> everybody knows aunt Tita, aunt Titi she is phenomenal she makes the world go round she helps me when I'm in a bind and she just she really truly you know has the motherly instinct even though she didn't have kids she she really took up to the part and and really helped helped me along the way and um she was like my second mom she she took care of my brother and I like you know we were her own we never had to wonder if TT was going to be there or not um she helped us you know in a lot of ways and the main way is by her love and her undivided attention one thing about my mom and TT is you know I I don't ever remember my mom you know, having boyfriends. I don't ever remember my aunt having boyfriends or, you know, men coming in and out or, you know, it was just us three or us four, including grandma against the world. And it was just something that, you know, anybody would have dreamed of. And I don't know. I, I remember TT coming home with this guy and, his name is Nick, and he played a big role in my life. If anyone has gotten a hug from Nick, you would know what a good 
a good hug feels like. He may not, you know, have a lot of words, but you know how much he cares and and how much he loves you by his hug. I remember, you know, being in high school and graduation and my and my parents invited all these people over for graduation and of course Aunt TT and Uncle Nick were there and you know they came up the stairs to the kitchen and he gave me the biggest hug and feeling loved by Aunt TT and Uncle Nick were you know will always be something I will carry with me. Now you probably think this episode of becoming someone's daughter is about my mom. <laughs> But it is definitely about my dad, Kevin. You may, you may know him as Kevo. Everyone calls him Kevo. Everyone knows him by Kevo. You know, my mom introduced this tall, tall man to me and my brother. And what a crazy experience. I was old enough to know he wasn't my dad, but knew he would soon become my stepdad. The, few, the first few years you know, were a little hectic considering he had two other kids of his own and I really never thought how much these people would affect me. I had a lot, you know, a lot of days with Kevin. He would take me in the tractor, he would take me in the semi, and it and it started to feel good as Kevin. It started to feel to feel as if I was wanted, you know, and and that I was a daughter by Kevin. But I remember asking my mom one time if it was okay to call him dad. And I don't know, I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight. And, you know, when I asked my mom, she said, you know, Kevin's not going to be mad, you know, be mad either way, whether you want to call him Kevin or you want to call him dad, you know, he's, he's never gonna, you know, feel Either way, bad or good, you know. And I ran, I ran down to the field near our house just beyond the hog barns and climbed up into the tractor and said, Dad, can I ride with you? And I remember his eyes lighting up and gave me the purest hug. And growing up with just my mom, she didn't have a lot, but moving in with my dad with a big, you know, white house and a wraparound porch and grain bins, a hog barn, a big cattle barn, a garden, and a huge grove filled with trees was nothing like I have ever seen. You know, you could see my mother walk around a little bit lighter. He gave me the, the absolute world. As I transitioned into high school, you know, a lot of my friends had both sets of biological parents and I think that was really hard for me. I became to recognize that just because I didn't have my dad's blood, I was still becoming someone's daughter. Someone I could run to, someone I could depend on, someone I could love without, you know, hurting my real dad's feelings even though I didn't know him. That's what drove me to not feel different from my friends. Freshman year of basketball, they had parents' night, they asked you to put your parents name down, and I didn't even hesitate. Kevin is my dad. I grew to cherish those words. My dad never treated me different than his own, you know, his own kids. Then I got to be married, and I didn't hesitate, you know, then either. 
He is my dad, and him walking me down the aisle is everything that I hoped for and prayed for. When I had my first child, he called me, or he called Balin his grandson. My heart just couldn't feel any happier. When I got divorced, my dad never forced me to feel any way. If it was my choice, it was my choice. He was going to pick me up, you know, when I was down. And I then had the opportunity to marry someone just like my dad. I remember calling him one night and saying, I think this is it. I think Jacob is it. And he said, I wanted you to feel better since the day you told me you were separating from Cody. If, if this is it, do it. Those were the words I needed to hear. Those were the words that got me through. My dad is so loving, puts his faith in God, loves his family, works hard, and never leaves you sad. I knew, and now, and now I'm safe. I'm always safe with him. Even now, 23 years later, he is my safe space. He is the greatest man I've ever met. My mom is lucky, although she may say she's the lucky one. But I, I truly believe that she's lucky. 23 years later, he will hug me when I need it. Without even knowing I need it. And I can burst into tears. Knowing that his shoulder is there. Sorry. He does all the little things that matter. And he gives so much to everyone around him. I was fortunate enough I was fortunate to live the life I did. I owe it to my dad. If I could slow time down or if he would live forever, I will never be alone. I'm so afraid of my parents getting older. You know, when your parents get older, they kind of do the whole sit down, talk about, you know, we're getting older and things are going to start changing and this is what's going to happen. This is the next step. And that next step is super hard for me. I can't even bear to talk about it. For so many years, I wished my life away when my brother passed. But now I want time to stand still. Becoming, somebody, becoming somebody's daughter was easy. Dad made it easy. Kevin made it easy. And just a little, you know, advice. Anybody that has a step-parent or somebody that has, you know, stepped in the role of being a parent to you, don't take that for granted. Don't sit there in your room dwelling 
on your biological parent. Don't wait for your your parent to come around. Because if you have somebody that's willing to take care of you, to worship you, to bow down to you, take it, own it, and love it. Because someday I'm going to be without my parents and I'm never going to know what to do. My dad has taken my kids under him and he has given them a life that I could never imagine giving my own kids. And that's a lot for being a parent. But I know someday that I'm going to be the grandparent that my parents were. I'm going to be the parent that my parents were because it's worth it. You know they you know they're worthy. You know your kids are worthy. And I think now that you know if nobody really knows what's going on in my life or my family, you know my brother's gone, obviously. This podcast is about, you know, my brother being gone. But I do have two other siblings, and, you know, I'll get to that in other episodes, but for this one, with, you know, being about my dad, he took his children and gave them the world. And they might not be appreciative now, they might not see it now, but by golly, when their funeral comes, they're going to wish... And I hope that they wish that things were different. Because he absolutely gave us the world. I might get a lot of comments about this podcast at the end here about, you know, my dad's other kids. But I don't really care in the moment because I know how it was growing up with all six of us. I know how it was growing up in a house of love and plenty, plenty of everything, plenty of money, plenty of things, plenty of Christmases and Thanksgivings and Easter's and, you know, my sister was in dance and my parents ran her, you know, around and, Garrett was in wrestling, and, you know, I just said his name (laughs) on this podcast, but my brother Garrett, he was absolutely my best friend, and after Tyler died, I think I latched on to him a little bit, and, you know, now that Things are a little bit wishy-washy. You know, I'm begging him to come home. And I just hope that everyone listens to this tonight and holds everybody really close and just loves hard and has that minute talk or that minute hug 
with the people that surround you. Because tomorrow, it could be all gone. And we're going to wish that we had it all back again. We're going to wish someday that time slowed down, that time stood still. Anyway, <laughs> enough of my episode and I just hope that everyone sees the love that surrounds them and if you have anything crazy or anything that is holding you back from your family, I hope that you fix it. Fix it now. Before it's too late. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for all the support. I hope that everybody has a good weekend. And I'm headed off to Carney this weekend to give my brother's showmanship award at the Carney Classic. And I Hope to see you all there, and if anybody wants to look up the Carney Classic, you can look it up on Facebook and read all about it, and yeah, I hope you guys all have a good night, and cherish the ones that you love. <laughs>